the bare necessities, the simple bare necessities. Hello and welcome to episode 32 of That's a Shame. I'm Isaac, still in Edinburgh, not on the street anymore. I am in the safety, relative warmth of a, an Edinburgh flat. And joining me as always, kneeling in yet another new recording venue that doesn't have a table, it's Declan. How are you, Declan? I'm... Uh prostrate oh yeah that's it it's like you're praying to the god of audio that this please god let this episode work yeah exactly after after last week's uh well not catastrophe but i mean it wasn't good i haven't actually listened back to last week's so i don't know i i edited it which was the most painful process of my life (laughs) on my little laptop that was made for barely displaying one photo at a time let alone (laughs) editing anything (laughs) And then I was like, right, I'd never want to hear any of this again. These seagulls, the seagulls as well, despite their loudness for me recording and that you could hear them, don't really come out in the final recording as far as I can tell. So it just sounds like we've gone mad and started talking about like (laughs) hauntings that we're experiencing. Oh, no, we're in a Hurley Jackson novel. It's very upsetting, the whole thing. Um, This week I'm joined by, I'm in the kitchen, right, of this nice flat. Everyone, I think, is out. Uh, who knows for how long that will remain the case. But what with it being Edinburgh, there are now gale force winds blowing against the double glazing, creating this horrible like whoosh, sound effect, like it's spooky Halloween noises compilation on Spotify. So if you hear that in the background, it's not you being haunted, it is me. So that's that's fine. So yeah, don't. Don't worry, but do send yes, your prayers. as many as possible. As indeed I am. And then the boiler, of course, kicking off. That's another little featuring credit that I'll have to be including in the show. The kettle turns itself <laughs> on every so often. It's all to play for, is what I'm saying. And I'm on the Lemsip this episode. So what the thrust is that I'm having a great time. Wish you were have here. You, have you been going too hard at the old C-Main? I've only been once to C-Main. We should, let's talk about C-Main. It seems a good diving in point to connect okay, well, yeah, go on then. our experiences. C-Main. Now, we talked about Willow on the show before, haven't we? Oh, we have. On, Not nearly enough, but yes. What episode was that? It was the one with Dan's episode. Yeah, episode six. Yes, I was thinking six. Um, what was it? It's about a tree. Who winks at mortality? Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was about a tree. Who winks at the mortality? tree? Um, <laughs> And Willow, just to recap, was a, well, it was a Chinese restaurant. It wasn't a club, but it had kind of smashed together those basic ideas to create something more pure, somehow closer to God than either of them on their own could ever have attained. But further from any kind of health and safety cleaning regulations. So much further that it would have been shut down as soon as the government laid its eye of Sauron orange gaze on them for even a millisecond. <laughs> um, C-Main very much in the in the vein of Willow Clubs, in that it is a room that has ostensibly a primary purpose outside of being a club. Only in this case, that primary purpose is far more realised because within, I think, about two hours of it closing as a club, sometimes less, depending on how aggressively they kick you out, it re-emerges like a phoenix from the fires of of just drinks on the floor, horrible idiots everywhere, to become a foyer and cafe for one of the big theatre venues. So it goes from this horrible, seedy atmosphere to a, a lovely like, oh, let's grab an espresso and a, a croissant before going to see Next to this puddle of vomit. <laughs> That's it. Um, tell us about C-Main in your experiences previous, and then I'll give you the update about how it's managed to, to get worse actually. Okay. Um, well, C main, I went to maybe once the first year that I went when you're on your own. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was there with our good friend Lucin. Oh yeah. I say good friend. I don't think I spoke to her in two years, but (laughs) good, good friend. That's right. You don't need to speak to your friends to, to be good friends. with No, exactly. Otherwise, um, I'd have very few. <laughs> uh, and it's, well, I'll, I'll try to sum it up for people in, in a few facts rather than experiences, and then we oh. can talk about the others. Um, it has a carpeted floor. <laughs> there are two places that I don't want carpet. One is a bathroom, and the other is a club. 
and I believe this might have both. No, no. Thank, thankfully, the 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 toilets are. Oh, that's right. I mean, they're subterranean, which is also. A shame. Oh yes, that's right. But they are they are thankfully. Tired. And the lights are always off when I go, or I always turn the lights off. One of the two. <laughs> Maybe the second, and then the first the next time. Yeah. <laughs> God, all these lights are off. You're like the, one of these Alzheimer's patients who keeps <laughs> dicking themselves over, putting your shoes in the grandfather pocket or something. Um. The DJ booth is a corner of the room, um, and they don't take requests. Not in a big way. Well, the thing is, they do take requests. They just don't action them. Enact I, them, That's yeah. my least favourite combination <laughs> as well, because you it gives you the illusion of having some kind of power over your experience, and then it's just pulled If you away. want a pint, be prepared to pay at least £6. Yep. Um. If you want a gin and tonic, be prepared to mortgage your firstborn child <laughs> to Satan himself. This is one of the the, the big things that um, happened the second year I went, because the second year that I went was during my no drinking year. Oh, yeah. And so I was slightly worried that the whole experience would be ruined. But whatever I lacked in inebriated mirth, I made up for in savings <laughs> hundreds of pounds per in second <laughs> literally in that like the first year that i went i i just went all out and did everything i could and spent loads of money and i think i managed to spend about five or six hundred pounds oh my god in a week oh oh well not even in a week in i was only there for five days bloody hell but the second time i went i was there for a week maybe eight days mm-hmm. and uh i i spent 200 and 50 quid that's the orange soda for 50p the orange soda for 50p the classic a two pound 50 night out that's amazing that's the dream isn't it really if we could move beyond this dependency we have on substances to elevate our moods and just enjoy c-main for what it is yeah a horrible carpeted dj-less hell filled with cunts (laughs) as well like one of the things that i remember from last year is we spent a lot of time sat over by the uh red curtained wall very yes. red room-esque mm-hmm. um and took a little peep out and <laughs> uh and it was just a, a big sort of floor to ceiling window yeah all the way all the way along and on our last night isaac's now girlfriend then prospective girlfriend mm-hmm. invited us to perhaps the worst event i've ever been to in my life <laughs> She listens to this, uh, so I'm sure she'll be glad to. I'm I'm looking forward to her feedback. This is the third time I've said oh, it, is it, which is that, which is that it was a night of all female DJs, uh-huh. which is not a premise that I am in principle against. However, this night did little to convince me that we should have more all female DJ night. It was an anti-equality night for you. Yeah, it, it it sort of reignited feelings of hatred i think among many people there that hadn't been felt in a long time <laughs> oh no not since the suffrage no <laughs> i was ready to i was i was ready to throw myself under the queen's horse so that women didn't have the vote <laughs> oh no declan does not mean that he no loves of course all not. equality and djs but i think it just was plays more, some um, songs that anyone knows music yeah because the dj at pollyanna last year Katmandu, she was called. Like, very good, but not a style of music I know at all. Whereas the DJ this year, Aphid, who I may have told you about, oh, yeah. is uh, also female and plays songs that I've heard of. That's so good. I think it often just comes down to that. But um, one but of the. It was th- called Miss World or something? Something like that, yeah. But there was. Um, the thing that I remember most, perhaps, about the evening was that um, from just outside the venue, if mm. you looked up, you could see. C main from the from the outside from the <laughs> like the balcony which, which I'd never ever seen before, uh-huh. and it was only sadder looking at this window, only just about covered by a thick red curtain with some mm-hmm. blue lights and the very hintest, fa- sorry faintest hint, not hintest faint, of bass. <laughs> And yeah. maybe the sounds of people either enjoying themselves or, or just under sobbing. attack <laughs> <laughs> coming from within. And it just really put into perspective that whilst 
the atmosphere while you're in there can seem uh, passable. Yeah. Um, that truly, uh, you're, you're just under the spell. There, there, there's nothing. <laughs> there's nothing. You're just in you. one little box of faux reality where it pretends to be a club. Yeah. So the improvements they've made this year, they, they've really, they must make a killing off it because they oh, have God, two yeah. bouncers who, I mean, they don't do anything because there's no fights because it's the most like middle class crowd ever. They have, as our, I messaged our friend Joe, Joe Dange to ask if it was the same DJ as last year. And he was like, oh, yeah, well, was, was the last year's DJ an iPod shuffle? <laughs> <laughs> because, I mean, they have a man and a playlist, and the man is dispensable. So he's often just fucks off for a bit, goes out to kind of rethink his life, and then pops back when he feels that he needs to, like, man the deck. In the, in the loosest and most metaphorical sense, there is no deck, I should clarify. Um, but what they've done... I don't know if this is in an attempt to make it more professional as a theatre space or more professional as a club, but I feel like it's done neither. They've added like a proper lighting rig, but here's the thing. It's about eight foot off the floor. So you can basically reach up and like bat away these spotlights and it just has the effect of illuminating the whole room, which is the exact opposite of what you want in a club, especially a club that has carpeted floors. Because you can just see like piles of different coloured effluvia and like gin and beer and just frothing all over the ground. Like some kind of primordial ooze that's going to one day create a kind of alcohol dependent life. So that's a shame. (laughs) That is They've also, um, they've kept the drink prices unnecessarily high. So that's a shame. Thank goodness. And then in the, the, the way that last year happened, they kind of pushed all the tables to the side, as I recall. In the area that you described as Red Room-esque, they've put another curtain in front, now creating a sort of stripper booth environment, which is really uncalled for. Oh, that's... And it, what, intentionally? I don't know. Oh. I don't know what their aim was. It's always good when you, you can't th- tell whether it's intentional yeah. or not. You would think that the aim was to like push all the tables and chairs behind there, but they just left them strewn around the room like an obstacle course so people were cha-cha sliding their way straight into a and e <laughs> horrible to watch and all in all it was it just made me feel really old actually because i'm i guess there are like 18 19 year olds there and i don't normally notice how much older i am than that but no. when people are like dancing when people are enjoying that environment you just realize like your life has not yet taken you anywhere better than this. <laughs> I, <laughs> One day you will know the truth. I had that. a similar experience the, um, the other week uh, when I was invited to, or like uh, the whole family was invited to the 18th birthday party of uh, one of the girls who used to live next door to us. Uh-huh. And we stayed like good friends with their family. They only live like a short way away still. And, uh, and we went along and actually as a precursor to telling how this story relates, I'll tell the tragedy of how I got there. Okay. Um, in that I had been working the night before and I was working that evening as well. Mm-hmm. So I'd gotten up really late and my family had been at another party. We'd been invited to the same day, which was slightly closer and I was like, oh, I'll, I won't go there, I'll, but I'll meet you at this uh, at this second party. Dad came home about half, no, about 20 past seven. He grabbed a load of beers and he like went to get in the car. And I said, are you off to, what shall I even say? Carol's. Are you off to Carol's party now? There are no now? 18-year-olds called Carol <laughs> in the entire known universe. If you're well, an 18-year-old called Carol, message and proof. Look, I get mocked when I use someone's whole name as their fake name. <laughs> when you change and one now, letter. And now when, I, now when I've given them a name they couldn't possibly have, <laughs> you're also annoyed. He said, yep, yeah, okay. I went, all right, I'll walk around in a bit. And he left. And then he opened the door and he was like, it's a surprise party. So if you're going to get there, get there for half seven or, or like, don't come for at least another half hour, hour or so. Mm. And I was like, okay, all right. And then I I looked at the time and I thought about when I need to be at work. And I was like, oh, for fuck's sake. 
I should probably just try and get there for half seven. Because mm-hmm. otherwise I'm just not even going to be... I'm not even going to be at this party. Did the idea of partaking in the surprise element fill you with any particular joy? No. Oh, God, no. No, I think it's preposterous. But I I thought I'd rather just be there. And then if I'm there early enough, I can have a drink before I go to work. Uh Well, I've got to drive still. But if if, if I'm late, then I can't. No. So I thought, right, fuck it. I'll go. Got out just in time to see Dad driving away. Good. And I was like, right, okay, fuck it, here goes. So I decided to run. <laughs> okay. Now, running is not... It's never been my strongest uh, feature. Right. Um, but probably... No, actually, I was going to say long distance better than sprint, but that's not even very true. So bad at both? Is what is that what you're landing on? No, I've normally been quite good at the old sprint. Okay. Not anymore, now that I'm four stone heavier. But also... <laughs> Also out of shape and out of practice. Yes. But I thought, fuck it. It's not far. Well, it was further than I thought. Mm-hmm. It was further, certainly, than <laughs> I was capable of running <laughs> in in the one go at any kind of speed that I needed to. Because I only had like four minutes to get yeah. there. And I, you know, was charging down the street. I must have looked like such a fucking good <laughs> Like... I can only imagine what an image I was thundering my way down the street. <laughs> Not in terms of speed, but in terms of sound. <laughs> All the village and people I, like peeking out of their curtains like you're some yeah, kind exactly. of haunted headless horseman who rocks up every year. <laughs> Here he is the again, boys. running again. <laughs> <laughs> That's like an old wives' tale. It means it's going to be a, a yeah. good harvest. <laughs> <laughs> quick grab the wicker basket <laughs> we must make our offerings tonight or just cutting at their eyes so i kind of crested the hill wow it was up you haven't hill, made that so sound more grand than it was have you you came no, panting no, over, <laughs> over a tiny ridge <laughs> yeah <laughs> leaking it was a, a, a the slightest of inclines <laughs> which i came to the end of absolutely drenched my lungs heaving and I could see about a hundred meters away now the mm-hmm. house and there were people still going in and I looked at my uh, phone and it was uh, it was 29 minutes past and I was like right here we go I can do this one last push <laughs> and I properly sprinted this final hundred meters I, I found within me the kind of fat ginger white mo farah <laughs> you know that bit at the end where everyone thinks well apart from his last race the mug oh, but uh, leave where, alone where everyone thinks that they've caught him and then he just fucks yeah, off i think he does that on purpose <laughs> yeah. yeah i like i did that i was like here we go found it within me for carol and i was like and i was just <laughs> and for aslan <laughs> <laughs> and i just and i as i got closer and closer to these people i could see turning in i realized that it was it was like it was my mum and dad mm-hmm. and my sister. And I was like, fuck, right, okay, I'm, I, this is it. I'm, I'm not late. I can make it. I got there just as they got to the front door. And I was stood leaning on it, just heaving, <laughs> wheezing, panting, right? And who should be there greeting us at the door but fucking Carol? Oh, oh hi, guys. Thanks for coming. To my not surprise party. And my dad was there, he's like, oh, hi, yeah, how you doing? And then went in, and I was like, oi, what, what, what about the surprise? I've edited a lot of panting out <laughs> my, my actual delivery. And he was like, oh, yeah, well, uh, it might have been half six. <laughs> <laughs> how about you go fuck wow. yourself? <laughs> he's almost killed you, so loose. I know. Oh, yeah, it might have been, and might I, have been so last I, year. I vowed... I vowed never to run again. <laughs> that was when you swore off it. You swore <laughs> yeah. off running and the concept of surprise. When I, just when I needed it most. <laughs> Have you ever I've, uh, had I've a surprise party? Uh, no. Would you like one? No. Would you forgive it, me if I threw you one? Uh, yeah, sure, but I'd throw you one. Oh, yeah, I don't want to. Well, let's call yeah. it armistice. Yeah, truce. well, there we go. <laughs> well, You'd hate that even more. You'd hate if I threw you... A not party. party. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, any social situation that I haven't chosen to walk into, I'm not up for yeah. in the slightest. I can't imagine anything worse than people just but, 
appearing in your life. The reason that I uh, that I brought it up was being at an eighteen-year-old's garden slash house party uh-huh. really opened my eyes to just how shit those are. <laughs> They're all drinking WKD blue. Is it? Yeah, or they or like girls turning up with just bottles of vodka, like little bottles oh, wow. of vodka. I'm just like, well, that's what no, are you gonna do with that? no, you shouldn't be touching that madness that's fucking battery acid that is like sainsbury's mm. own don't don't do that to no yourself need. and i just remember back to kind of like last year of sixth form and that was like it you know the the best thing about that year was that everyone was turning mm. 18 and so there was another party every week to go to and i was invited to at least five percent of them <laughs> so so there was a party every month or so to yeah. go to and, you know, you you turn up, everyone would bring all their booze, you'd get trashed. I'd probably have to be picked up because I was thrown up everywhere. Sleep in a garden, was, I remember that stuff. Yeah, you'd have to, uh, you know, be having a great yeah. time. And I just was looking around at it thinking, this is the saddest. Like, it's like it, it's fun and it's great and it. Like, they're having a great time and that's fantastic. And it was like, it was a really nice event. But I was just thinking, oh my God, I used to get so excited yeah. about this. <laughs> That's you realise like how narrow your horizons are at the time. Yeah, like those poor, poor souls in Sea Main. Very, very upsetting. Um, one more tale of youth before we move on. Uh, Go on. There are well, there's too much context here, so I'm not going to provide any of it. But we <clears throat> came across these two girls who looked about twelve, but were probably about eighteen with like glitter on their faces to go to a play. <laughs> so they'd got the wrong idea about theatre. And oh, very. Um, afterwards, a mutual friend was like, you see that one with the gold glitter on her face? I was like, yeah. She crowdfunded her way up to Edinburgh. I was like, okay, well, what do you mean? What, Fuck she up with a show? No, 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 she's not with a show. She said it was for like work experience to like become immersed <laughs> in the world of theatre. Imagine the fuck how out. atrocious is that? I don't know if I feel better or... She'd made, like, 300 quid. Like, it's 90 quid for a train ticket here. So that's a third of that gone. I don't know, like, how helpful that money has been. But I don't know if I feel worse for the fact that people have donated. Like, I feel like they've been scammed. Or just the fact of it existing anyway. Like, regardless of donation. I think I just hate both elements of that. It's pretty reprehensible. It's it's dreadful. Do you remember uh, the uh, the writer of that dreadful play that I got really annoyed once um, because she did a a crowd fund oh, yes. for herself, a GoFundMe for herself, claiming that she needed all of this money for like essential massage therapy so that she could uh-huh. even get out of bed and so that she could pay her bills. And then two weeks later, this person who supposedly couldn't move was doing an individual tour of Edinburgh, the <laughs> least accessible city in the, the whole of the hell. UK, and which was like, you know, hundreds of pounds of trains away from where she lived. And I was I, like, I'd looked through this crowdfunder and seen that like a, another friend of ours had given her 150 quid. I was like, you've absolutely fobbed the fuck out of these people. I feel like there's a, it just encourages like, a disclaimer that you kind of, approach yourself with whenever you donate to one of these it's like well they've said they're spending this money on x but who really knows it's probably a bit like that adage that if you're ever lending money to family or friends you just have to kind of assume it's gone and then if you get it back it's a bonus yeah (laughs) oh yeah whereas with crowdfunding you never get it back unless it fails and then you just have to be like well have you ever done that i know that i have like given to a crowdfunding thing and then probably while drunk and then the next day kind of looked at it and thought, oh, that probably won't make it. I'll probably get that back. <laughs> you start and then working as, against yeah, it. As the days, as like reporting posts where it's shared. <laughs> yeah. And just as the days go by, just actively willing it not to reach its final goal. <laughs> so I got a notification that. at like 4am the other day that's from Facebook that said, your report has been actioned. Right. So I was like, okay, (laughs) what is that? And I looked and it didn't tell me very much information. Here it is. We reviewed your report of, I'm going to say their name because I don't know them, Ian Roberts. And there are probably loads of people called that. And apparently on the 16th, no, the 15th of August, 
at 3.04 a.m., I <laughs> reported Ian Roberts, whoever that is. Sounds like a serial killer, doesn't it? That's a good serial yeah. killer name. I reported his comment for hate speech. <laughs> <laughs> Anonymously. Uh, you're anonymously reported Ian's comment for displaying hate speech. Good. The day late, the day after, they reviewed it and it violated their community standards, so they removed it. Thank you for your report. We've let Ian Roberts know that their comment has been removed, but not who reported it. Isn't that good? Wow, you're a little coward. That's me. <laughs> but I have got it says No uh, no no right of reply, you say. <laughs> It says what you can do, and the only option is block it. And I might try and get in touch with him and ask him what it was. I cannot, for the life of me, think where it could have come up or what I was even doing on Facebook at 3 a.m. because I was probably out. I think we've talked a lot about negative aspects of our fringe experience, but and I don't want to come across like it is negative because I think the the greatest thing about the fringe is the variety that's on offer. So yeah. whilst I might not enjoy or understand every act at Pollyanna to use it as a microcosm, just seeing the extremes and like different levels and ways people approach the mm. same kind of effect, um, I think is, is an experience that's worthwhile in itself. And just as a final point on Pollyanna there's an act called Selkie which involves a man uh, with his legs bound together by rope I think he's got black contact lenses in and I think the idea is it's supposed to be about SeaWorld but they have omitted to ever mention that (laughs) they have two girls in like scuba suits with big buckets of water and a ball standing at either end of about a 30 foot stage space whilst this man entirely naked uh obviously has to like flop between them and i think he's supposed to be like a seal or something at sea love to try and get this ball and it's just it goes from people like clapping me like yeah you can do it to when he's done it about 30 times people are just like oh my god this man's going to die of carpet burns <laughs> it looks excruciatingly painful and as a pe like the first time i saw it i was like what the fuck is that and then i saw it the other night I was you, like, were, you were getting ready on the report button yeah that was it <laughs> i'd reported it anonymously um but the second time i saw it I was like this is a really effective visceral way to draw attention to uh like the horrors and the uh, injustice of, yeah of like mistreating animals like that i just wish they'd made it a bit clearer what it was so <laughs> um basically yeah my my point is that anything you see here with the exception of I think the only exception is going to be like a student production of a play yeah. that people know and don't like that much anyway. Because yeah. there are some really good student productions of plays. I went to see York Drama Sock did a production of the Jim Cartwright play too, and it was very good. But last year we saw a production of a play called Boys, was it? I don't know if you were there, actually. It was... Uh, oh, I don't think I went to It was to just uh, like, there was nothing going on. It was just them reading the play, basically. With the exception of that, which I kind of avoid anyway, anything that you see is going to be more interesting than having not gone to see stuff. Yeah. Um, At the very apex of experience in that regard for me would be the Ollie Reed play. Um, I saw it, or I have now seen it, I think six or seven times over the last year. But why don't you tell us a bit about that? Well, we we saw a poster for it with uh, with our friend Freddie, didn't we? Yes. Coming back from C-Main one night. And we all decided at once that we had to go and see it. Uh-huh. So we booked tickets. It was at... Uh, Gilded Balloon. Gilded Balloon, wasn't it? Yeah. In this huge castle. It's a beautiful building. It was underneath it. Um, And we went in and we sat in the second row mm-hmm. and there was uh, a little bar desk sort of set up on stage, uh, a hat stand yeah. and a big chest. And then um, the song Wild Thing started up. Yeah. And uh, a man dressed as a gorilla came on stage <laughs> and uh, squirted water and beer at everyone. Yeah. Did a dance, then took his mask off. And it was Ollie Reed. <laughs> Back from the grave. For those who don't know, <laughs> Ollie Reed is an English actor, mostly film actor, or maybe exclusively film actor, who. If you don't know him, you'll most likely recognise him as Bill Sykes in Oliver. 
Yeah. The one who shouts about Bullseye and then kills Nancy and you're terrified of him. But he um, he was played by an incredible actor yeah. called Rob Crouch. Yeah, follow him on Twitter. Um, the man is uh, uh, just amazing. And the next hour is just some of the most incredible theatre that we've ever seen seven times. Yeah. <laughs> There's not a lot that I'd go back for that many times that didn't involve some no. kind of elevated state of inebriation. Um, but, like, it's just a, a, a one-man show as he goes through his life. Yeah. Telling you about how he got into film and his experiences once he was there. And it's just, it's hilarious. It's tragic. Yeah. It's absolutely heartbreaking. Yeah, I, like I wasn't expecting it to be as good as it was. No, I think the main draw was that there are, Bolly Reed was known as like uh, the show. An absolute yeah, maverick. And as a total alcoholic. So there are these yeah. amazing clips on YouTube, which maybe I'll link to in the show notes, depending on how, how well yeah. my laptop holds up. Amazing yeah. clips of the real Ollie Reed on like chat shows, just out of his mind, pissed, but not in a, or at least not exclusively in a fun, like, oh, that's funny way. Sometimes in just a tragic, this is a broken man who is going to die any second way, where he's just like yeah. huge guy. He can barely hold his own face up, just babbling about the Celts. And you're just like, what, what is going on? This man is inches from the grave and he managed to like <laughs> capture all of it it was so so good yeah it was it was great because it wasn't necessarily like an impression no. or even an impersonation it was just an embodiment yeah of of ollie it's reed just so good i was but yeah that was uh that was really the antithesis of the of the dreadful <laughs> fringe yes uh reputation for uh, abhorrent student drama i mean on on that note i got a message from uh from amy uh-huh um ex-guest episode uh because uh, she's oh no one don't knows. ask check it out though 19 yeah, just search amy i think it's 19 come up she just got back from doing her show Dirty oh, yeah, Laundry, at the fringe said she really enjoyed it best thing she's ever done oh that's good um and but she sent me a message uh saying meant to say if you're strapped for context for next week's fringe episode unlikely there is material aplenty tell isaac to collect his favorite slash most fucking weird flyer pitches <laughs> everyone because people are all flyering all day and shouting the premise of their shows to the point that they become completely dislocated from how outrageous their <laughs> their now condensed pitch has become. I overheard some gems from people with bored, uninvested faces because they've forgotten what they're actually saying. <laughs> and the four examples are as follows. Come see Bin Laden. He gives the audience cake. <laughs> Get inside the head of a raving schizophrenic. <laughs> Show about a vibrator, anyone? <laughs> Such a casual way of phrasing that. Yeah. And then <laughs> my favourite, it was Orphan's... <laughs> Let me find it. Orphan talks about his first experience of bumming. Oh, wow. Okay. Which I said is troubling mainly because I don't know which genre they're going for. No. Could be a And musical. if they're going for tragedy... That's somewhat callous. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I don't think they've captured that in the pitch necessarily. No. Yeah, I have tried to avoid the mile for the most part because I just cannot be bothered to be flyed. Yeah, it is tiring. It is. It is the whole, tiring. The whole like fringe is is tiring. Yeah, you have to my, be on your guard. My first year that I went up, like as I mentioned last time, I, I was staying at the uni accommodation, uh -huh. and I, um. Oh my god! I can hear the ghost wind yeah, well out now. Try not to think about it too much. <laughs> I was worried when you went when you went radio silent ago that you'd <laughs> just been me. taken into been the next dimension, paranormal activity, <laughs> straight into the ecto realm. But I like my last day. I saw like four shows or something, and then walked back to the accommodation, then walked back to go out again, uh -huh. and then finally walked back in the evening. And I don't think I got back in until about six in the morning and collapsed down and it wasn't until uh, an alarm went off at 7:55 that I remembered that checkout was eight o'clock in the morning <laughs> that's grim and I didn't have my train until four in the afternoon oh. 
What a day. And so I I picked up the phone and I I rang down to uh to the reception and I was like, look, do not throw me out of this room. <laughs> <laughs> I'm begging you, please. Like, can I not have a late checkout? Even even two hours, like ten AM. That's that's plenty of time. Come on. And they were like no, look, you know, we, we have to have these rules in place because, like, you know, we, we've, people have got to get in and get them cleaned and whatnot. And I was like, I have had two hours sleep. Don't make me do this because <laughs> I, will, I will kick the fuck off. <laughs> like, I'm not leaving I'm this room. I will, I will stage a protest in this room. And, uh, but they were having none of it. They were like, no, you've got to, you've got to get out. And I was like, okay. What if I pay you for another night? Can I then stay? And they were like, no, well, someone's supposed to be staying in there tonight. And I was like, I won't be here tonight. I don't want it for the night. I'm saying that I will pay you for a whole night of staying just so that I can have three more hours in bed so that I do not die. (laughs) And they were like, "Uh, hang on a minute. You hear the rattling of keys. No, no, I'm afraid that someone's staying in there and they're they're due to be arriving at 12, so the team needs to get in. I was like, they, four hours. <laughs> they need four hours to get in. And clear, I, I haven't created that much of a mess. I've barely been in the room. That's the whole point. <laughs> like, I, I just, no. I was like, okay, well, are, are there any other rooms that I can pay for to have for the night? Like, just please... And I mean, by this point, I was awake yeah. because I was angry and desperate Crying. and tragic. And they were like, uh, no, I'm afraid there aren't. And I simply, to this day, refuse to believe that that is the case. <laughs> I am certain she was just a sadistic cow. Just getting off on Wanted your nothing profession. more. Than, yeah, because the the whole building was empty. I was the only person <laughs> I had seen in the whole thing. I refuse to believe that that everyone was arriving on one day <laughs> just to deprive me of somewhere oh to sleep. So in the end, she, I was like, she was like, mate, you've got to go. And I was like, well, you're <laughs> terrible. In a few years when I have a podcast, I'm going to publicly decry <laughs> your Guantanamo-esque. I swear, I swear Janice. <laughs> That's horrid. So I, I ended up like having to drag myself out of bed suddenly like, deathly asleep again and like threw my things into my case yeah. dragged some shoes on like I, I just about managed to pack everything and i i had no idea what to do i felt like i'd been evicted <laughs> I, I just I, I i was so tired and i had nowhere to go like everywhere's fucking full and busy when the fringe is on it's not like normally when you'd be like oh i just go to like a yeah. costa or something and sit in the corner you can't just go to a club because there's it's there's probably a fucking place <laughs> in the corner called my day at the coffee so, shop an orphan <laughs> recounts his tale <laughs> of a dreadful experience <laughs> of sodomy at the hands of a, a giant all i wanted was a frappuccino <laughs> But I came away walking like John Wayne. I I I went over to oh my god, what even is the the venue called? It was the one that's got like a kind of courtyard area outside, not where you did your show last year. Yeah, I know year. what you mean. Yeah, so I I went to there because I knew that there were York people who worked there, and I knew that there were York people who were doing a show there. They were doing another very original Alice in Wonderland. Oh, really? <laughs> That's yeah. unexpected. I thought no one did uh, that anymore. <laughs> and uh, this one was actually quite good. Uh-huh. But uh, I went because I knew that there was a bench outside <laughs> and I was going to absolutely homeless myself oh, no. and sleep on it. And uh, and I just knew that if there were York people around, I was at least 5% less likely to have all of my stuff nicked. Yeah. <laughs> So I didn't even lie down on this bench. I just sat on it, <laughs> like hugging my suitcase this is with my bag kind of wrapped around my arm and just went to sleep. People probably thought you up. were doing a show. Yeah. <laughs> About like sleeping rough. It was, a, it was a modern Rip Van Winkle <laughs> tribute, but where he's a homeless oh, instead. So I, yeah, I, I, I did this and, and it was a really surreal experience. It was more like a kind of uh, Beckett play or something. Uh-huh where I was 
one of the you know in Endgame the grandparents that live in the yes. bins behind them. You were like them. I was but like even, that. You didn't even have a bin to your name. No, <laughs> I had even you less. Even Oscar the Grouch than these post-apocalyptic landscape bin dwellers. <laughs> uh, in that, I would be asleep, and then every hour or so, the show would end. And people would come out and someone would come over to the bench to have a oh, chat. No. <laughs> and then have a chat. And then like grandmother Willow or something, I'd just resume <laughs> my position and go back to well, sleep. <laughs> see you in the next century, dearie. <laughs> <laughs> next time the wind blows east. <laughs> and then <laughs> just and, like my face would crust up you again. Like an oracle be... People asking for yeah. <laughs> I need five I was stars, grandmother Willow. <laughs> What must I do? <laughs> well, you could try adapting a different <laughs> novel. Have you heard of Overdone? Have you heard of giving Flogging me your the bed? Dead horse? So, yeah, I, I kind of an alarm went off on my phone at about half three. <laughs> and, I, and I sort of resumed life. Nice. And, and wandered my way to the station. Actually, this has reminded me of, uh, of indeed last year's tragedy of, of going home. Oh, I don't think if I know you about recall. This. Didn't you get almost stabbed or something outside of that female DJ night that we just didn't? Oh talk yeah, about? so I mean, someone did def like try to attack. That was on the way there, though. I oh, was it. <laughs> yeah, good. No wonder I hated it. <laughs> but no, I we, we we were in that place until God knows when, because mm. I was getting a really early morning train, and I decided to avoid the previous year's tragedy <laughs> by just, just not stay sleeping. up yeah, yeah by not sleeping at all not even beginning the process mm-hmm. so um we stayed out at that place all night said a teary goodbye <gasps> yes i remember um and then i went back to the flat um and i was going to have to go and wake everyone up which was a shame because <laughs> mm-hmm. i didn't have the key <laughs> um but uh thankfully when i got there um mary was there uh-huh. And so she was like just getting back at that time as well. So I managed to get in, get all my stuff. And I was waiting for a cab to take me to what's the other Edinburgh station. Oh, why the hell were you going to the other Edinburgh station? That was where my ticket was from. Oh, no. Because there's, is Waverley the one that you go to? Waverley is the one in the middle of town. And there's one that we only hear spoken about in hushed terms. Yeah. So I was going from that one. Okay. And I'd ordered a cab. Um, and I just said to take me to the station and he turned up and um, he pulled up outside and I got in and I went, um, can you take me to Edinburgh, whatever station? And he went, oh, uh, lad. he's like, uh, yeah, sure. Okay. And, and pulled away. And, um, we were sat in traffic and, and the cab had been a little bit late and I was sort of like looking at my watch thinking, I say watch phone, yeah. obviously, thinking, could be a bit tight. And I went, do you know how long it'll take us to get there? And he went, oh yeah. <laughs> and I went, is it, is it long? He went, oh no, definitely not. Good. And I was like, all oh, right, how far away is it? And he pointed out of the front of the car and went, there it is, <laughs> over there. <laughs> and it was literally at the bottom of the road that your accommodation oh, no. was on. It was 200 yards away. Oh, I didn't know that. And he, he like took me there. And it, the whole cab ride was one minute because <laughs> we had to wait at some traffic lights. <laughs> and we got there. And the, the, I didn't even reach the minimum fare. So... <laughs> He was like, that'll be four quid. And uh, it turned out that in order to to do this job, he'd been called out from from the airport to come and take me 100 yards. That explains his rather curt answers, I suppose. (laughs) Yeah. I was so, so That's such a shame. Poor man. I looked like I I was everyone's image of the entitled yeah. middle class student going to the fringe. I'm sorry, how how long is this going to take? <laughs> uh, uh, I mean, sorry, do you understand what I'm sorry, saying? Could, do you speak could you English? Step on it, uh, uh, please. I, I have places to be, you know. I've got I've got a train to catch. I, I say you Scotch, you drive awfully slowly. Did anyone ever tell you that? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I've not the greatest experiences of leaving the fringe. No. Well, I haven't had to do it myself yet this year, but I, I can't. I thought just, you meant ever, like ever. you've no, just been here since always last been year. there. <laughs> <laughs> I found I it just I hadn't easier. Seen you. Yeah, 
Um, look, we should barrel into email, but I have, I just want to make mention of going yesterday to a seance, um, in a shipping oh container. <laughs> oh no. And so what happened was you queued up outside a shipping container and they did the classic spiel that everyone does where it's like, if you get claustrophobic, if it all becomes too much, just take off the headphones and actually, no, they didn't. They said, if, if you don't like it, then it's tough because we've shut it. <laughs> so you're done but they were like we'll give you a minute when you go in to just see if you can deal with the space because it was a literal shipping container and um so everyone sat down there was a big long table in the middle and you had to sit down in like reappropriated cinema theater seating kind of thing red velvet looking and above this long table were like some bells and some little dim lights and a big red velvet curtain at the end And so people were sat in like two long rows of about 10 on each side, either side of this table. And then they shut the door of the shipping container, which had exactly the sound you hoped it would from films when someone's shut inside in like a mob film that like, and then the bolt, really powerful sound. And then you had these headphones and it was only about 20 minutes. And um, I suppose the problem with these things is that as soon as the lights go off and it was like, pitch black you couldn't see your hand in front of your face darkness but as soon as that happens you i think our own ability to imagine what could happen always invariably outweighs what does happen because it it was good and it was like well done it was just audio of a seance happening that the cleverest thing about which was that it sounded it was like directional audio so it sounded like someone was walking around and it had responses from other people who were in the room so they'd be like, you could hear them talking to someone over. over on the far right, and then that person would answer. And the upside was that it was quite immersive, but the downside was that when he was really far away, I couldn't really hear him that well. He kept, I could tell that he was talking about someone sticking their tongue out and something bitter, but I couldn't tell much beyond that. And just imagining what it could have been <laughs> kind of ruined the mood for me a little bit. So it was a bit funny. And uh, they had, yeah, so there were speakers you're wearing headphones and then there was something inside that made the whole shipping container like resonate like a big tuning fork. And that was when the ghost was really kicking off. And um, it was like the whole world was vibrating. And the culmination was that you're supposed to keep your hands on the table at all time. So that this ghost who he kept referring to as beloved, because I think he was a bit unhinged. uh, If you took your hands off the table, it was going to be able to like get out into the world and when the big bang bit happened, people obviously took their hands off the table and the ghost was not best pleased or either he was not best pleased or he was so happy that his only celebration was to possess the fuck out of everyone. And it ended with you just him coming really close and going, she's out. I'm so sorry. And then just a horrid scream as the shipping container like vibrated. And then they opened the doors. It was like, that's the seance done. Thanks for coming. <laughs> it was such a weird little, like seeing the queue of people coming next or looking really anxious. There's something really nice about like when you're leaving a roller coaster and everyone's kind of looking to judge based on your reaction. They're like, well, how am I going to feel about Like this? when we got off the Darren Brown. Yeah. And everyone's like wry smiles or just like shivering. slightly. like, yeah. And you're trying to work out what they mean by it. When at Thorpe Park, we pointed out probably in our episode three about Thorpe Park that everyone coming off every ride just looked like they'd been at the post office. They were so bored looking by everything. I always feel like it's our duty to to start their experience early by looking like you've had a good time on the ride when you're coming off it. And uh, the next people going into the shipping container just looked petrified by the whole thing. Because <laughs> like I think on the outside, all you can hear is the whole thing vibrating. But what a good idea that is, a little shipping container mm. full of full of ghosts. Was that the title? Shipping container full of ghosts, yeah. <laughs> I'm bringing it up again next year. It's going to be really powerful. It'd be really fun to write a horror theatre thing, I think. All right, well, let's do that then. Let's do it. Let's move on to any number of these emails. It'll have to be you because I don't think I can load them. <clears throat> okay, well, I, I figure that we should um, respond to the deluge of emails we've had from the wonderful Mark Stratfold. Yes. Um who first uh, got in touch, you may remember, listeners, a few weeks ago to tell us all about being asleep on the ocean. Yep. 
He's since uh, got in touch a few times about his travels in Paris, like some sort of Baudelarian flaneur. He's like the new A.A. <laughs> Gill. Yeah, <laughs> just wandering around. Living his life. Um, yeah. Uh, the, his first was about grammar. Yes. Um, he was hoping to uh, to get in touch, hoping that we, uh, as English students, could help him with French grammar. Ooh, we um, can't. And you know a bit of French, so you should be right on this, shouldn't you? Yeah. Yeah. That's right. You'll know all this. So uh, all he wants is a comprehensive breakdown of what the present indicative, the imperfect, the past <laughs> historic, the future, the conditional, the present subjunctive, and the imperfect subjunctive tenses, or indeed moods, uh-huh. Oh. He says, what the fuck do they all mean? He says, I trust with your English degrees that uh, that to you they do mean something. To me, might, just might as well be clinging. Oh. Well, I mean, I think let's follow that up by email. But we can we can help out yeah. to some extent. The past historic, isn't that the plus perfect? Plus perfect. Don't we know that as that? I had to speak some French yesterday or the day before to two French people who were throwing up to different extents and trying to find directions to the castle, Le Castel, they kept saying which is not, I don't think, the word for castle, at like 3 a.m. It's like, well, I don't know what, what you're oh, trying right. to do there, but it's going to be shut. I ask, shouldn't you ask him for the chateau? Yeah. Um, we've had some thought monster thoughts as well. We have. Um, I, I figured we'd just uh, follow up. Mark went to see Planet oh, yes. of the Apes. Is this the one where he has it in French, the title of it? Uh, yes. He's- but that's, that. the only problem was that some of the s- scenes between the apes in sign language <laughs> that were only subtitled in oh, French. Oh, I've got this email up. He says, decided to go and see La Planète. And he's written, I think it must have autocorrected because monkey in French is songe, singe. And it's written yeah. as singles. So that in French it's called La Planète des Singes Supremity. But he's written it as single. Suprem- so it means S- the singles. planet with a single supremacy, which just sounds like <laughs> a kind of 40s era pro-Nazi movie. Although Planet of Ape Supremacy is a clumsy way of phrasing that as well, isn't it? But aren't the... Like, that's the the absolute nightmare for yeah. translation is translating into French because they're, they're so roundabout and cumbersome. I think I remember reading an article that the the French version of The Half-Blood Prince is about 150 pages longer just because <laughs> it's such an inefficient and language. what about, have we ever mentioned the thing about Voldemort on this show? Oh, what about how his name is yeah. different in all of the It's the one of my favourite facts of all time, and I probably have said it, but just, guys, just take a second and enjoy the fact that if you're ever feeling low, you're ever having a bad day, you have to vacate a university room within one minute and go and become a grandmother willow homeless for the entire day. You can fall back on the fact that in, I think, the Romanian translation of Harry Potter, because Voldemort's name has to anagram Tom Marvolo Riddle to I am Lord Voldemort, he's called <laughs> Ro- Romeo G. Detlev Jr. It's just my favourite... <laughs> It's like, oh, it just takes away all the gravitas that that character has worked so hard to build for well, himself. Uh, like, even in the French version, I can't remember his full name, but in the French version, his middle name is Elvis. <laughs> <laughs> Which is I just don't shame. buy that anyone with the middle name Elvis or who is Ever. someone Detlev Jr. would ever go on to lead <laughs> the most Jr. incredible uprising of racist wizardry that the world had ever seen. Oh, dear. <laughs> It's so good. Uh, but yes, checked with the girl selling the ticket that it was a VO version original showing, one with subtitles rather than having been dubbed in French. That all went without problem. The shame uh, was that quite a lot of the intra-ape <laughs> dialogue, which is an it's incredible bit of phrasing, is in sign language, which was only subtitled in French. Fortunately, I got enough of it for it not to spoil the oh, film. Um, goes on to say, can't watch Carl Pilkerton because he hates Ricky Gervais. Oh, yeah. Shame because that's incorrect. Yeah, I understand Understandable. Like Ricky Gervais because he is a dick. Oh, but, but, but at I least like he's upfront about it. Yeah. He also has that's a similar issue. Too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> similar issue with Professor Brian Cox, he said. Who is a cunt, so... I've yeah. met him. He was all right. But when he's on television... He does have a quite odd delivery, doesn't he? He's just like... Very the insufferable. The universe is really nice. And it makes Vast you, and gorgeous. Yeah. That's quite you good. Look up the, you look up at the stars and you can just feel the world. It's like you're being touched by God every second that you look up at the sky. And some nice uh, spelling of Dara O'Brien. 
everyone spells it differently, so <laughs> don't worry about it. The ghosts in my um, kitchen are kicking off. Did you hear that? I did hear. Good. Um, I think we'll have to just post the photos from Mark's most recent email. Yeah, he's been to see an exterminator. Um, not in the. I don't think he went sense. to see one intentionally. <laughs> I think it just happens to pass. Well, by. you know, we all phrase things differently. If Mark's but, uh, desperate for extermination, then... We'll post some photos uh, because there are some real travesties going on in the window. To do me, of things they can exterminate, except they've, like, recreated the Muhammad Ali-George Foreman fight and stuff. It's very odd. Thought monster. You, you, you have to. So how, what number are we on now? We've had eight? No, I don't think we've dealt with eight. Okay, well, let's deal eight now in nine next episode. Eight is, if... Oh, no, I can't read this one because there's a word in it that I can't say. Have you got it up? I have. No, you've got to say I'm it. not going to. All right, I'll, well, I'll say all the words I want to, and then you fill in the rest. No, I'm not. No. If soap smells good but tastes bad, how do we know you'll go? I'm not, I'm not doing it. How do we know? You, you have to do it. Doesn't taste like candy floss. And the word that's missing out is just a, a word for excrement that just upsets me to allow into my brain. <laughs> Yeah, I, I want to bring up here that um, when we were at university, we often used to go for a, a spoon's lunch. And uh, one of the things that we used to uh, get was a uh, a hot dog oh, yeah. with pulled pork on yeah. it. And Isaac perennially refused to order this meal for himself, <laughs> like some sort of rich invalid. <laughs> because Because it was called the barbecue hog dog and he refused to say these words How out loud make me? any food order that has a repeating syllable or that's hog like dog. auntie may's best ever like whenever it's usually american restaurants that have a ridiculous title i'm just not i'll be like can i have the pasta please could i have what do the you do hog what do you do when you go to uh, a restaurant like a british restaurant that has the menu in a foreign language? Um, well, it depends on the language. If it's one that I know any of, then I'll give it a go. But otherwise, I'll just oh, leave. Of course you do. <laughs> Look, I'm a European. I'm half French. You know, I'm down with all that. But no, I'd My dad goes say... for some kind of somewhere in between. Uh-huh. And he'll, he'll either mangle the foreign language or he'll stutter for a bit and then just say it in english <laughs> the, the i love the 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 pe- pe- the, 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 the fish <laughs> pasta <laughs> le pasta s'il vous please <laughs> if you play <laughs> it's silly though isn't it why bother with the menu in a different language? i hate my least favorite thing i mean this is inadvertently answering emily's email from a few weeks ago but i think that my mm. least favorite thing is uh, Italian restaurants in England where they get all of their clearly English staff to pretend to be Italian. Yeah. If you go or, to like, or like Strada or staff from or elsewhere in Europe. Yeah. And they just have to put on a, like a flamboyant accent. It just, uh, does it really add that much? I would say probably. It, it, it not. detracts. It yeah. actively detracts <laughs> from my experience. It's rather unfortunate. That's a good one for restaurant shames. Um, However, to answer the yeah. Thought Monsters question, Absolutely, uh, turn yourself you need in. To conduct yourself. <laughs> you need to conduct stuff. yourself before heading to the local police station and admitting everything you've ever written. Also, because it's not true that all soap tastes bad because there used to be a L'Oreal No Tears watermelon don't, don't shampoo. Be, don't, no, five. don't be admitting this. I don't drink don't, gallons don't, of it. <laughs> don't, oh, fuck. No, I didn't fuck really. Sake. <laughs> <laughs> Just if it ran down, you know, if it went the wrong way. When you were rinsing I, it off. Was that the L'Oreal for Kids No Tears one? Uh-huh. I, I always thought that the Cherry Bakewell one was tastier. I never experienced it, but if I could, if anyone wants to send some in. I tell you what, I'll I will bring some air. down. Next time I come see you. <laughs> I'm going to do shots. Actually, I'm, off, I'm, going, I'm, I'm going to go to your house tomorrow to drop off your mum's birthday Are you? present. Yeah. Oh, that's so threatening. I'll, I'll, I might, that sounds like I might you can set fire to something. <laughs> <laughs> good but uh i'll maybe if i if i see any cherry bake well l'oreal for kids I'll, I'll drop it around to you excellent well that's very kind of even you. though you won't be there the ghosts are moving in <laughs> the boiler is kicking off once again i can think of no time better than the present to get out of here via 
everyone's favorite toll booth. That's right. It's plugs. Over to you. Wow. Well, you can contact Isaac and myself, or indeed the very idea of the show, mm. if individual communication makes you anxious, um, by email, tas, T-A-S, at shame.city, or via the website, which is just shame.city or shame.city slash contact. Uh, you can also find us on Twitter, at That's a Shamecast for the show. Alternatively, you can find me at Cynical Declan or Isaac at Isaac BD. Truth. Thanks. What else? <laughs> I didn't lie during the plugs. No, that was all good. Um, reviews. If you want to oh, review us, shame.city slash review. Now, when, from you're, any iOS when you're going device. to do your review, keep in mind the show as a whole. These last two episodes have been, you know, an interesting experiment <laughs> in audio <laughs> that comes out of ghost kitchens in and audio in internet dropping out infested as they were in 700 millisecond delays. Yeah. There've been periods of this episode where I've frankly not been able to hear a word you've been saying other than like bin Laden was the bit I had a while ago. Um, well, I mean, I will, uh, I will take that as a reason for why you haven't really been laughing as much as I I'll expect. edit in so like much the, laughter. Uh, hilarity I've been <laughs> just can be studio <laughs> laughter. Yeah, it's not going to be my laughter. <laughs> you patronising. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be great. Uh, but yes, keep, it's the commitment really, because lesser shows would have been like, I'm at the fringe. I'm trying to be, you know, go out and live my life as much as possible. Declan's been barely at home. Declan's trying to kneel in as many counties of England as he possibly can. They wouldn't have been delivering this bi-weekly, Troy, but we pulled ourselves out of bed and up to a microphone to deliver on your behalf. And if that's not worthy of five stars, then I think you need to reevaluate most elements of how you, how you came by that result. Shame dot city slash reviews. Um, Tell a friend word of mouth is best of mouth. If you're at the fringe, tweet me or something, tweet the show. And I'll, uh, I was going to say, give you a sticker, but uh, while I could do that, it wouldn't be a, that's a shame one because we haven't made any yet. So I'll have a look out for something to give you. No. Um, but otherwise, yeah, this is one episode. off of like uh, someone. Yeah. I'll give you a flyer for someone's show. It'd be fantastic. This has been episode 32. I've been Isaac. You've been Declan. I'm going to assume you said it because I didn't hear a word. And I'll see you. <laughs> I knew that that wasn't going to work. <laughs> we'll see you next time. Thanks, guys. Bye. Look for the bare necessity. Simple bare necessities Forget about your worries and your strife I mean the bare necessities Oh, Mother Nature's recipes That bring the bare necessities of life For me, the bare necessities of life will come to you.
necessities of life will come to you. Come to 